I think the aliens that they keep in Area 51 were driving past Earth one day, and they probably were like, Oh! Ah, the ghetto! The ghetto! The ghetto! I'm sure they were pinching their nose and locking their doors, but just like hoodlums do, and by hoodlums I mean Americans, we snatched their asses up and held them hostage. And you know how I know that they see it, they think that we are the ghetto, is because as a person living in this country, I think that we are the ghetto of the high-income countries. We are the slums of the high-income country. We consistently show up at the bottom of every substantial ranking in the world. And that is shameful. <laughs> that is shameful when you think that we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. And I don't want to say I only recently started to notice because I, I'm black. I've been black my whole life. I've had experiences with injustice and all types of oppressions my whole life. But I think as of recently, and by recently, I mean 2016, when y'all niggas elected y'all president. I don't know the girl. I've never met the girl. In my personal life, I'm taking a break from having a president. But I digress. I started to become more active in seeing America for what it is and the faults that it has in 2016 when blank blank was elected president. And I do think that to some degree, this presidency and this administration has had a significant impact on the way that I am growing throughout my 20s. There are two reasons why I started thinking about the way that this administration is having an effect on me throughout my 20s. So I subscribe to Julesy on YouTube. If you don't know who Julesy is, J-O-U-L-Z-E-Y, she's a She's a star. I love her. If you haven't gotten your life, go get your life and subscribe to her, the queen of the smart brown girls. But anyway, um, there was an old video. If I can find it, I'll link it. And Julesy was talking about how she's grateful that she lived her 20s throughout the Obama administration. And she was basically talking about how because she lived her 20s through the Obama administration, she was very hopeful throughout her 20s and happy. And I was like, mm, I cannot relate to that child, but that sounds lovely. Another reason I was looking into this topic is because I am getting a master's in public health. And in one of my classes, we were talking about cohorts and what it means to be a part of a generation. So basically, per one of my classes, we broke generations down to mean three different things, meaning your age group. So that can mean millennials versus Gen Z. To be honest, I don't know what I consider, what I would be considered. Um, I think I'm an old, I think I'm the oldest Gen Z person. Not, <laughs> not the oldest Gen Z person ever, but like, I think I am of the older Gen Z people. Um, because I've seen some people say that millennials are until 97 and I was born in 97. But then I see some people who are like, millennials end at 96. And I don't know. I'm one of the two. Um, but anyway, that's one version of a generation, your age group. Additionally, generations as... Most people know it as like your family generations, you and all your little cousins and them. 
one generation, your mama and them, another generation, grandmama and them. You know how it goes. And then finally, we were thinking about generations in terms of what it would be in terms of historical generations. So historical generations imply cohorts that share social history. So this would be something like um, all the people who experienced the Great Depression at a certain point in their lives, at a certain time period where they were the same age and experiencing that social um, that social event at the same time. So with those two reasons in mind, I started doing a little thinking, like how I'd be thinking. And I was thinking about Julesy. Julesy was happy and hopeful. And to be honest, <laughs> I'm angry all the time. All the time. I don't get a break from being angry. If I'm not angry at the way that this administration handles literally anything, I'm angry at the fact that nobody gives a fuck that the earth is dying. I'm going to mention this every episode. I'm going to mention this every episode until I see all of you start changing to metal <laughs> Listen, one of these days we're going to get into an episode about the environment, uh, individual consumerism, capitalism, all of that jazz. But that may be an episode that I bring someone on to talk about it with. But I'm going to keep mentioning it and Y'all are going to be sick of me, but I'm going to keep mentioning it. So anyway, I'm angry at the way the environment is being treated or not being treated by this administration. I'm angry at the way that Black people are being treated. I'm angry at the way that Indigenous people are being treated. I'm angry at the way that women are treated, trans people are treated. I'm angry all the time. And she was like, happy. I'm like, I, what is that? And then hopeful not to be pessimistic, but I'm very rarely hopeful living under this administration um, for very obvious reasons. And thinking about my class, I was like, I know I can't be the only 22-year-old that feels this way. I, I literally can't because I know so many people who have become activists in their own right because they are fed up. So like shooters do, shooters gonna shoot. So I shot my shot and asked a question on my Instagram, basically asking people if they felt like the Trump administration was having an effect on the way that they grow and develop throughout their 20s. And about 82% of people said yes. So in this episode, we're gonna get into my own reasonings by about why I think the Trump administration and living in this Trump administration during my 20s is having an effect on me. But also we're going to look at some of the reasons that other people said and try to dissect those as well. So basically, like I said, I pulled on Instagram to see, do you think the Trump administration is having an effect on your on the way that you grow and develop throughout your 20s, yes or no. You know Instagram don't give you that many options, which sucks for me because I'm a social scientist. I am a qualitative method researcher. I need strongly agree, agree, neutral, disagree, but that's besides the point. Yes or no, do you think it's having an effect? And then after that, I ask, what do you think that effect is or why do you feel that way? Or why or why not do you feel like it's having an effect on you? And one of my followers at that one extemper, shout out to you, Daniel. Thank you so much for replying. He sent me a very long reply that I'm going to share with you all. And I love this answer because I think it kind of sums up 
what a lot of people were saying, but I think it also sums up a little bit of, a, of what I'm thinking as well. And he said, it's opened up my eyes to some severe parallels that we have faced literally a hundred years ago in the Gilded Age, but in such severe and hyper-accelerated ways. Technology is both innocuous but deadly in the smallest of doses to change worldviews. Our planet is facing massive losses. Our planet is facing massive losses. The earth is dying. Y'all don't want to hear us though. Um, anyway, our planet is facing massive losses and there is a highlight of the extreme interdependence of power and corruption. I feel up against the wall between accepting the corruption and misdeeds for a seat at the table I was not initially invited to or to fight in a world where everything is held in contempt and no growth occurs, but ground is still lost. There's so much I'm reading that feels interconnected as to how the world works in favor of destruction and power that comes from the obfuscation of crime, obfuscation vocabulary, the obfuscation of crime from the whitest of collars. Shit just feels nonsensical when capitalism literally allows the worst to occur. This is a mad long ramble, but the orange Cheeto has pulled the veil on how much fuckery there is besides him that goes on. I think the last sentence of what Daniel said is the most impactful for me in that that Cheeto man is not the end all be all of what's wrong with this country and what has been wrong with this country. He is shitty. That does not excuse him of any shitty behavior that he has presented thus far. However, I think his presidency has given rise to people that we've already, we already knew that racists exist. We already knew that um, bigots existed. We already knew that these types of people existed, but now they have this person who speaks for him, for them. They have this person that shares views, and this person has one of the most powerful leadership positions in the world. So they can come on out and and shuck and jive and be merry and and wreak havoc on all of our lives and still be protected. And that's terrifying to think about. Um, and I think, like Daniel said, it's not just him. It's all of the people that that think the same. It's all of the people that feel the same, that support him behind closed doors. You go to work with them. You buy your coffee from them. Well, you probably don't buy your coffee from them because billionaires are not serving you coffee. I can tell you that. But it's all these people that are also like him and are much more powerful than me much more powerful than the average person and can continuously pour money because that's the way that things happen and things change through money. And you see that uh, money as a catalyst for power. They have all of this power. They have all of this money and they can continuously pour money into the things that they want to see happen. And the things that they want to see happen are the elimination of women rights and reproductive rights. They want to see Black people go to jail to fund their privately owned prisons. They want to keep you poor because it keeps them rich. They want to see all of these things happen and they have the capital to ensure that they can happen. And that is terrifying to think about. And I think that when thinking about the ways that I think that this administration has had an effect on me, uh, it, it's it's a lot of that sentiment that the veil has now been taken off. It's like in Scooby-Doo 
where they tie up the bad guy at the end and you take off the mask and it's a white man and it's the white man that you knew from the beginning of the of the show and that's exactly what it feels like and i think the next step after that is after realizing oh damn these people there's it's not just donald trump it's all of these people who don't care that my existence is existing in America, who don't care for me to be here in America. The next step after that is, well, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And I have this running joke with my friend all the time. Whenever we talk about anything happening in the news, I'm like, they want me to go. They want me to go back to Africa or Jamaica or wherever they want me to go to. And I'm not fucking going anywhere. And I think the, the thing about that is standing in that and fighting for it, advocating for it, and organizing with other people who feel the same. Like we deserve to be here. We deserve to be safe. We deserve the inalienable rights that everyone loves to, to harp on. And we deserve the constitutional protection that everyone loves to harp on when it's time to talk about guns but never when it's time to talk about Black people and mass incarceration. But it's difficult thinking about how to actually go about that. And another one of the responses that I got to the question was about how this um, administration has made them more active politically and more active in their own communities and just in general as it relates to policy and, and the country and the way that things are being run. So I will read that for y'all right now. So, aha, uh -huh, change of plans. I can't find the response to the message. I think the person may have actually unsent it. And if you are listening and you unsent the message, send it back to me, please. That unsent picture on Instagram is really, it's great for when you shoot your shot and miss and you want to get rid of the evidence but not for when you're doing a literature review based off of Instagram responses. But anyway, moving right on along, basically the response talked about how this person felt the need to become active in their communities and, and gain a political knowledge based off what they're seeing and witnessing happening in the world and happening um, under this administration. And that is a sentiment that I definitely can agree with. I think that for me, living under this administration, and for a lot of people living under this administration and living their 20s under this administration, people want to find a way to make the rest of their lives better. And if that means that I am going to be fighting and I'm going to be advocating and protesting, then that's what that has to mean because this can't be life. This can't be life. If I ever decide to have to have children, this can't be the life that my children live. This can't be the life that future generations live. And I think we've all kind of garnered this sense of responsibility surrounding our own fates. And I think another thing is that as young Gen Z or excuse me, old Gen Zers or young millennials, wherever you are in your 20s, we have the ability to actually see these changes through and also hold people accountable because we have technology and social media. And one of the things that y'all's president 
is most famous for is popping off at the mouth on Twitter. But the great thing about Twitter is that if he pops off, everybody else in the world can pop off too. And that is one of the better organizing tools that we have, or just tools in general that we have that earlier generations of people did not have. But I also think with regards to the way that this administration is affecting my 20s and the way that this administration is making me be politically active, that social media has a way of making people complicit. And people think that retweeting something is enough or liking a post is enough. I think we've gotten very desensitized to these traumas that are happening in whatever community that you exist in. And I noticed that within myself when summer of 2016, I want to say, there were lots of police brutality cases happening. And they were so triggering for me that I would literally just scroll past them if I saw them on Twitter. And that's not helpful. And that's not resourceful. I feel like anytime you see these things, they should consistently make you angry because they're not right and they're not normal. They're not normal and people should not be treated this way all the time. And yet, because we have this tool and because we have these things so readily available to us, it's difficult to continue to be active. And I am not to say that I'm the most, the world's best activist, the best organizer on the planet. I We all have ways to grow, but I think in terms of the generation that I am considering, my generation it's very easy for us to be complicit is what I'm noticing. That's not to say that you should trigger yourself for the sake of social activism. I think that there is a very fine line between caring and using triggering things on social media um, as a catalyst for changes and as a catalyst for you to actually do something because you feel like it's it hits home for you. But I also think the flip side of that line is that you're triggering yourself and you also need to um, do the work of having to heal after that. And I think in thinking about your 20s, this is already a very trying time for a lot of us. This is the time where we are learning who we are, like who we actually are and not just who we've been. We're getting new jobs, we're moving, we're starting families and, and relationships, we're building, we're traveling. And all of that in and of itself is very stressful without the added stress of thinking about, damn, the earth is ending. <laughs> or damn, I could get shot today for being a Black person, or damn, insert other injustice here. And I think the 20s is an especially interesting place for us to consider, or at least for me to consider, is because I know, at least for myself, I'm only, I'm only two years into this. It's only my second year out here, bro. But I know that for these past two years that I've been going a lot of like growth and developmental changes and having to live with all of that under this administration is a lot for me. However, that's not to say that I, to some degree, may not, may be reaching, right? That's not to say that this whole thing could just be something that 
a small subset of people in this time are experiencing. And that is something worth acknowledging. So one of my followers replied and said that they don't feel like the Trump administration is affecting the way that they grow and develop throughout their 20s. And the reasoning that she gave, this is at Lynn Bellas. Shout out to you, Michelin. Thank you for replying. And she said, I'm having trouble seeing any correlation. I have a strong foundation in my faith that continues to guide and teach me. Through this, I can stand on a firm foundation and not be shaken by the foolishness that comes out of that office. And I think that that's important. I think that having your own foundational sense of self, your own foundational sense of faith, um, whatever that looks like for you, is important. However, I wouldn't say that the foundation that I have, whether through family, self, whatever it is, is enough to completely say that, at least for me, to completely say that I'm not impacted by this administration at all. And my thing is that we've had terrible presidents before. We've had conservative presidents before, a Republican president, whatever you want to be. But I think the difference is that is in that the this president has incited so much violence and has kind of set off a domino effect that I am a piece in. And I think for me, it'd be very naive of me to say that choosing joy is the only way to to thwart the things that are happening in this administration and the way that they affect me. I think that that's naive. And my other thing is I don't want to politicize my joy and my happiness because to some degree, joy is an act of resistance. They don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to have faith for a new day. Um, They being the same day that DJ Khaled be talking about. Does he still talk about they on Snapchat? I wonder if, I wonder if he's still on there. I might log into Snapchat to see what's going on. But anyway, they don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to have joy. And when you do that in spite of whatever they want, it is an act of resistance, but I'm very wary about entangling my own personal peace and happiness with politics, because that means that politics can change my joy and can take that away from me. And I, I think it's a little bit more intrinsic than that. But getting back to um, the response from my follower is just that I do think that that is very valuable. I think that that is very valuable knowledge because I'm sure that there are a lot of people who feel that way, that regardless of what's happening in this administration, I am going to come out unscathed because I have that foundation. However, I still think to some degree, at least for my own personal reasonings and preferences, that there is an effect that's happening on me and on us. And I don't know if it's something that we'll be able to see right now while we're living in the storm, but maybe 10 years down the line, we'll look back and be like, damn, the Trump administration traumatized us. We should go to therapy. And to be honest, quick aside from everything, if you can afford it, I recommend you all need to look into some therapists in your area. They're very healing. And it starts with you starting, and that healing process starts with you making that decision to to let someone in. So that's my shameless plug for therapy if you could afford it. I know therapy is is mad expensive. Capitalism is commodifying health all the time, folks. But 
definitely check it out. But back to what I was saying, maybe one, one day down the line, we'll look back and we'll be like, hmm, that was traumatizing. And we should have looked at that. Um, but I think another thing is an underlying theme of fear as to why I feel like this administration is having an effect on my and others' growth and development throughout their 20s. It's not just that we are having the veil pulled from our eyes. It's not just that we're becoming active politically and socially. It's that we're scared. We're afraid that the way that this administration handles people, marginalized communities, the environment, that we don't really have much of a future. And another one of my followers at underscore Betty K, shout out to you, Kiana. Thank you for replying. Um, said that the reason that this has had an, um, an effect on her growth is that she's grown a fear of everything, instability, death, and more policies that hate me. And I think that that's an underlying theme of all of this is that it's not just that at any given moment, someone could come and shoot, like, shoot up a, a Walmart and, and basically be given Burger King by the police after they're arrested. It's not just that. It's also the fact that as a old Gen Z, young millennial, whatever, we may not be able to be homeowners. We may live just above the poverty line forever. I'm going to have two degrees in like a year and I may not be able to get a job. That's terrifying. All of this is terrifying. And I think that with all of the reasons I talked about before, this administration only perpetuates that fear and uses that fear to, to capitalize on the people who, who will be, let me see how I want to word this. This administration, this president uses that fear and capitalizes on that fear amongst white conservatives and oftentimes not white conservatives, just conservatives in general, to make it seem like he is going to take this country to a time that was better before. Hashtag make it make it green again. But let me tell you something, folks listening. America was never great. America has not ever been great when enslaved people created this country, when you have had countless genocides to indigenous people, when you consistently attack LGBTQ people in general, when you consistently attack and disenfranchise people who have been to prison. That is not greatness. That is one group of people literally putting their foot on the necks of everybody else. And I think that it's very difficult to come to terms with that. And it's very difficult to grow and live your 20s in that time. And I think that that kind of sums up everything that I've been thinking about this topic. And I appreciate all the people who interacted with the poll, all the people who replied with their different reasonings. But I think the biggest takeaway from today's episode is that this time period, period, is scary. Living your 20s, period, is 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 scary because this is a time where you actually become like an adult adult. Like, oh, y'all grown, grown. That's the time that you do that. But also having to live with fear, having to live with instability, that 
coupled with your 20s is very difficult sometimes. And I'm not going to undermine that difficult that difficulty. Um, and I hope that you all are able to consider ways that the Trump administration has impacted you. Or if you are an older listener, um, what ways do you think the presidencies that you've lived in have affected the way that you've grown and developed? I think that that'd be interesting to see some type of comparison. But per the usual, thank you all so much for listening. Feel free to follow me on my other social media available on my website, oliviajbrown.com. Also, while you're there, share my website and share this podcast to all your friends. I want the aunties on Facebook to hear what we're talking about on here, okay? And last but not least, good luck to these 20-somethings. Hoping my twenty somethings won't end. Hoping to keep the rest of my friends. Praying the twenty somethings.